اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم قالت احداهما یا ابت استاجره ان خیر من استاجرت القوی الامین صدق الله العظیم یسٹرڈیز ڈسکشن فنیشڈ اف دی پوائنٹ وی حضرت موسی علیہ الصلوۃ والسلام ہیڈ ریچ مدین and the incident of the watering of the animals and then coming towards the shaib ali salatu wasalam all these details had come in yesterday in that regard we had discussed the aspect about when musa ali salam was called by one of the daughters of shaib ali salatu wasalam so how she came the quran sharif describes that faja'atu ihdahuma tamshi ala istihya one of them came walking in a very modest manner and the expression of this manner of expression that it conveys complete modesty and complete bashfulness shame in fact all these words cannot do justice to what is the meaning of haya the meaning of haya is something way beyond all these words so this is a quality which is very very fundamental in a mu'min In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says that Iman and Haya, they are joined, they coexist. And, إِذَا رُفِعَ أَحَدُهُمَا رُفِعَ الْآخَرِ When one of these go, the other will go with it. It is not possible that completely Haya has left a person. Not a single bit of Haya remains and Iman will remain. Haya is gone, Iman will follow it. So this is how crucial this quality of Iman is. and this is something to very very jealously guard something to protect because the diminishing of haya this brings numerous problems in the hadith sharif where nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam gives the branches of iman the iman of bid'u wa sab'una shu'ba that iman has more than 70 branches and the greatest branch is la ilaha illallah and the smallest branch is removing something harmful from the way So now the greatest branch is mentioned and the smallest branch is mentioned and more than 70 branches in total and out of all those then Nabi Salaam says wal haya'u shu'batun min al-iman now the highest and the greatest was mentioned the lowest was mentioned and then in between one is only specifically mentioned and that is haya the muhaddisin explain why haya has been specifically mentioned here and not all the others because haya is that particular branch which has numerous branches coming from it you have a branch which is a small branch but you have sometimes a big branch from which branches are branching out and haya is that branch that if a person has haya he'll have respect if haya is gone respect will go with it because haya is what makes a person respectful if a person has no shame then where will there be respect person sometimes a child or whoever does something disrespectful so the person who is his senior or his father whoever if he's reprimanding him many a times we might have done this ourselves that somebody's disrespect was reprimanded with that don't you have any shame now what he did was an act of disrespect but that stemmed from the lack of shame So this is a very fundamental thing and unfortunately this aspect of haya is being systematically destroyed 
in various ways through the media, through various uh, novels and literature and whatever else. These are not, by the way, things. These are very dangerous things. And when a person's haya starts diminishing, then everything else also starts diminishing. It is not possible that haya diminishes and other things then remain in good stead. All the things will suffer. So we need to be very careful about this, what we read, what we look at. All these things have an effect on the haya of a person. In any case, taking this incident further, now that Musa wasalam, had come and he had discussed his issue with Hazrat Shaib wasalam, he mentioned all the details about his, how he ended up in Egypt and in the palace of Fir'aun and what transpired thereafter. So Shaykh said, fine, you are now in safe hands, you don't need to worry anything. So Allah Ta'ala then says, قَالَتْ إِحْدَاهُمَا يَا أَبَتِ So one of the daughters of Shaykh now said to the father, it might have been at a separate time, or at that moment, whatever it might have been. So she says to him, that why don't you hire him? Because we don't have anybody to take care of the of these tasks that we had to undertake and you are old and you are unable to do these things so the thing would be is to hire somebody to do it why don't you hire this person and the reason for recommending this is inna khaira manista ajartal qawiyyul amin the best person that you can hire is somebody who is very strong and very trustworthy so the Mufassirin explained that Hazrat Shaykh Salam, when his daughter said this to him, and this must have most probably been in a separate discussion, so he inquired that where did you make this deduction from? How did you come to this conclusion that he is strong and he is trustworthy? What is the basis for you coming to this conclusion? One lesson in this is that when our children say something, we should read between the lines to try and see where is this coming from. Not to just take everything on the surface. Many a time something is said, but there is some background to where it came from. The background might be something which was seen somewhere, something that was heard somewhere, something that was read somewhere, and that might not necessarily be the right thing to read, the right thing to uh, look at. So sometimes these statements that are made, it gives an indication of what perhaps is happening in the background. So here when his daughter said this, that the best person to hire is somebody who is strong and who is trustworthy, he immediately took this up, then on what basis you made this deduction? So she explained and said that as far as the strength is concerned, he pulled out this bucket from the well filled with water on his own, whereas this is extremely heavy, generally people are not able to pull this out on their own. So this was one thing. And the second thing, as far as his trustworthiness is concerned, then he never ever glanced at us. And when I had gone to call him on your instruction, then he asked that I should walk behind. And by indication I should guide the way. He did not walk behind me, he walked ahead. This is all the signs of trustworthiness. That he did not want to even allow a mistaken glance to fall on me. So this is the sign of somebody being trustworthy. And the Quran Sharif is highlighting this to show that this 
These are qualities which are essential if a person is to be taken on any task. Qawi, qawi doesn't only confine it to physical strength, it refers to capability. A person is capable. So the task at hand, whatever the task at hand is, if that requires physical strength, then he has the physical strength. Now the type of job that Busali Salatullah would have been hired for, that would have required physical strength to now take these animals to graze them, to fetch the water, etc. But in its broader context, it refers to capability. That a person is being taken for a task, he must be capable of it. He should not be just taken for the task because he's somebody I know well. He's somebody that I owe a favor to. So now whether he's capable or not, then I need to now hire him for the task. Especially if a person is in such a position, himself on the instruction of somebody else. A person is, one is he is his own boss, he's working for himself. Now it's up to him, that's his prerogative, then it's left to him. He wants to hire somebody who's not capable, obviously the consequences will be his own. So that's his, up to him. But if a person is in a position of trust, he himself is employed in such a situation where he has to make these kind of decisions, then these decisions would be made purely on merit, not on the basis of any other consideration. The merit will be these two things which actually encompass a whole lot of things. Qawi, Qawi refers to capability. So the person has the capability for the task that he will be taken for. He's not capable of that, he's capable of something else, but the task on hand is something different. So his capability in something else doesn't qualify him for this task. That doesn't make it good enough to take him on. And a mean trustworthiness, so a person is trustworthy when there is deen in him, when there is a consciousness of Allah Ta'ala in him, when he has the consciousness of amanat, of trust. And that makes a person trustworthy. So if he has this trustworthiness and he has the capacity, the capability, then he will do the job right. He has the capability but he doesn't have trustworthiness. He'll be able to do the job correctly, but he will then cause some kind of damage and harm in the form of some khianat. And he has complete trustworthiness, he is very trustworthy. But he hasn't got the capability. He's not going to be able to fulfill the task, he's going to, in fact, cause damage in that sense. So this is a very basic principle. As we mentioned, the Qur'an Sharif leaves out many, many issues which are not relevant for Ibrad. But what was necessary for the direction and guidance, Allah Ta'ala mentions that to us, that look, these are the cases the qualities that are to be sought. When Shaykh was given this, so he then took it one step further, and he then spoke to Musa والسلام, and he said to him that, in qala inni uridu an unkihaka ihdab natayyahatayni ala anta ajurani thamaniya hijaj. Fain atmamta ashran famin indik. What he did was, he proposed to Musa والسلام, that I wish to marry one of my daughters to you. And nevertheless, the proposal is based on this, that you work for me for eight years. Now this was perhaps the mahar or the dowry in that ummah could have been perhaps permissible in this manner. That could have been one of the things. It could have been an arrangement that where this land and the cattle etc. belong to the daughter herself. 
So this was an arrangement that this will be your mahar, your tower, that you will work at this salary of the eight years, this will form the mahar, whatever that might have been the case. But the crux of the whole thing is here, that eventually Musa agreed to this. In fact, he said, you work for eight years, if you do make it ten, that will be your favor. So Musa said, fine, I've accepted this, and it's up to me now whether eight years or I wish to make it ten, but eight years is confirmed. And if I wish to re- remain for 10 years, that's up to me. Further Allah Ta'ala now takes it, now what he did in that 8 years, how he worked, and what was the things that happened in that time, the Quran Sharif is completely silent about that. Because there wasn't anything for us to take forward in that. Allah Ta'ala now mentions further, فَلَمَّا قَضَى مُوسَ الْأَجَلَ وَسَارَ بِأَهْلِهِ آنَسَ مِنْ جَانِبِ الطُّورِ نَارًا Finally that duration was over, Musa salam decided now to go back to Egypt. His mother was there and his brother was there. He, his sister was there as well. So he decided to now return to Egypt to go and see them. There was so much of time that had passed. Eight years or ten years. The Mufassirin are generally on consensus that he would have completed the ten years. The Quran Sharif doesn't specifically mention it. The Quran Sharif says when Musa salam completed the term. But the Mufassirin say that since he had said that it's up to me, I will do whatever of the two, the Ambiyali Musalaam always did better. Nabi Wasallam owed somebody something, he gave him more. If that is a two-way agreement, that is wrong. That becomes interest. But now somebody has given something as a loan, thousand rands he gave, and he's wanting thousand rands back. So that's straightforward. Now the time came to pay. So the borrower, he gave something at that time, not in between. Now he's paid the thousand, and now he's giving something more entirely from his own side. As a gift, which was not pre-arranged in any way. There was no agreement about it, it's not a demand in any way, there is no subtle indication that this is required in any way. Purely out of the goodness of his heart, he gave something extra, that's up to him. So this was how Nabi Salaam would also do. So this is what is expected that Musa also completed the 10 years. Now that he left, so he was on his way now and it was very cold and his wife was now in the last stages of expecting a child and in this cold night they were suddenly on this road, not very familiar with the road as well and in this situation Musa now needed to find something to comfort his wife. So in the distance, he saw some fire, because fire at that time was lit, there was no matches, it should be lit by striking some specific stones. He tried that, that didn't work. In the distance, he saw some fire. He thought, well, there's fire there. So he said to his wife, that that I can see some fire in the distance, let me go, I will bring some ember from there, we'll be able to light a fire to warm ourselves, and to cook something perhaps. So he sees this fire, and he sets off to go to the fire, to bring something from there. Allah Ta'ala says, when he came to this valley, where this apparently this fire was, when he comes there, Allah Ta'ala speaks about it, that فَلَمَّا أَتَاهَا نُوذِيَ مِنْ شَاطِئِ الْوَادِ الْأَيْمَنِ فِي الْبُقْعَةِ الْمُبَارَكَةِ مِنَ الشَّجَرَةِ أَيَّا مُوسَى إِنِّي أَنَ اللَّهُ رَبُّ الْعَالَمِينَ when he came, he observed something very amazing. 
there was this tree which Allah Ta'ala speaks about here, Mina Shajara. There was this tree which was alight. So now when he saw this tree on fire, so he came closer, he took some dry grass or some twigs or whatever to try and now first set this alight. So when this is alight, he'll bring this along. But the amazing thing he saw, and what he saw before he got closer to it too, that this was a very strange fire. And this fire was such that this whole tree was alight, but nothing was burning on it. The leaves, the branches, everything was perfectly intact. And in fact, this fire was enhancing the beauty of this tree tremendously. So this was a very strange fire, whereas in reality it wasn't really fire. This was a divine manifestation. But in any case, thinking that it is fire, so he now brought this some dry grass or twigs and bring it closer, but this moved away. This made him a little bit concerned and when he turned, he sees this fire sort of advancing towards him, but nothing is burning. And then he hears this voice from the unseen and he's addressed and he's told, Ya Musa, inni anallahu rabbul alameen. Now this was the moment when Allah Ta'ala spoke to him directly and this was the time when he was finally conferred with Nubuwad. So Musa came to this place to take fire, but in reality this was not fire. He came for fire, he returned with Nubuwad. One point on this is, that Allah Ta'ala speaks about this valley where this manifestation, this divine manifestation, this tajalli took place, fil buk'atil mubaraka, in the sacred place. Now this place became sacred because this divine manifestation took place in this valley, in this piece of land. What we learn from this is, where there is some very important event that is related to deen, to Islam, to the very great personalities of Islam, like the Anbiya Ali Wasalam, the Sahaba Kiram, then that place also becomes a place of barakah, a place of blessings. So Allah Ta'ala is saying, fil buk'atil mubaraka, this blessed piece of land. In any case, Allah Ta'ala Ta'ala now speaks to Musa Wasalam, and he says to him that I am Allah, the Rabb of the universe, Rabbul Alameen, all the worlds, all the realms. Allah Ta'ala says to him, وَأَنْ أَلْقِ عَسَاكَ Musa والسلام, had that staff, that stick with him. Now here, this is very briefly mentioned, but in Surah Taha, this is mentioned in more detail, Allah Ta'ala asked Musa والسلام, وَمَا تِلْكَ بِيَمِينِكَ يَا مُوسَى What is in your hand? So now the stick was in his hand. So Allah Ta'ala merely asked him, what is in your hand? The answer to that was, that this is my staff, my stick, Musa replied that this is my staff and then he went on into some further detail I lean upon it and I use it to bring down the leaves from the trees for my animals and then he just summarized it and said وَلِيَ and I have many other uses for it as well. Now the question is, that the, Allah Ta'ala merely asked, what is in your hand? So the answer was, it's a stick. But, 
the pleasure of the conversation with Allah Ta'ala, at that time, Ishq took over. And he started going into detail. But as he went into detail, he realized, but Adab requires that I be very, very brief here. Now this was between Ishq and Adab. That Allah Ta'ala asked, what is in your hand? So Ishq took over, and he started going into a detailed discussion about it, just in order to enjoy this conversation. But having said two things, then the thought of that this is a place of adab as well. I should be looking at what is the moment, what is the need of the moment. So he quickly summarized it. So this is also all these aspects of lessons that a person should be thinking beforehand that what is the requirement. Sometimes there is a need for something to be more in detail and sometimes adab requires that something should be very brief. So according to the occasion, according to the situation, a person should be able to judge what is required and do so accordingly. In any case, now that he was now asked what is in your hand, he confirmed that what is in my hand is really a stick. And the purpose of this question, as some of us Syrian explained, was that what was to come, it mustn't be that he gets left in doubt I thought I had my stick in my hand, maybe I didn't even know it was not a stick. I picked up something else by mistake. So now he reconfirmed, no, this is my stick, there's it. After having confirmed it, Allah Ta'ala says to him, one al-qiyasaq. Okay, throw the stick down now. So he threw it down. When he threw it down, Allah Ta'ala turned it into a serpent. فَلَمَّا رَآهَا تَهْتَزُّ كَأَنَّهَا جَانُّ وَلَّا مُدْبِلَ وَلَمْ يُعَقِّبْ now he sees this is a snake, a serpent that is now riddling away. He became afraid, this is human nature, that a person sees something that is normally a thing of harm, then he will get afraid about it. Musa والسلام, was a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, but he was human. And being human, the normal human feelings and emotions, are even in the Anbiya Ali والسلام, Nabi Salaam felt pain, he felt hunger, he felt grief. These are all human emotions and feelings. So Musa also initially became afraid and he turned around to move away from there. Allah Ta'ala addressed him and said, Ya Musa, aqbil wala takhaf. Innaka minal aminin. That you come forward, don't be afraid. You are totally safe. Nothing will happen. And Allah Ta'ala then commanded him, you grab it. As soon as he grabbed it, it turned into his stick again. Now this was the miracle and the mu'jiza that Allah Ta'ala blessed him with, which was now to be used to prove his nubuwat later. So this mu'jiza was now manifested, that when you will throw the stick down, it will become a snake. And when you will pick it up, it will turn back into the stick. This was one mu'jiza. The second mu'jiza Allah Ta'ala said to him, that usluk yadaka fi jaybika takhruj min ghayri su. That if he took his palm and rubbed it under his arm and then removed it, it would shine brightly. Not the kind of shine that gives some kind of indication something wrong here. But a very splendid light would shine from that hand. And when he would return it to his arm, it would be over, it would go. Now these were the two mu'jizahs and miracles. Allah Ta'ala blessed him with فَذَانِكَ بُرْهَانَانِ مِنْ رَبِّكَ إِلَىٰ فِرْعَوْنَ وَمَلَئِهِ that these are the miracles to now show to Fir'aun and his people and to prove your nubuwat because this was the 
mu'jizas that were to be helping him in passing on the dawah to Fir'aun. These mu'jizas and miracles, these were given to the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam. These were by the will and the permission of Allah Ta'ala. After the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam, they were the pious servants of Allah Ta'ala who were blessed with what is termed as karamat. Karamat is also something supernatural. The difference between karamat and mu'jiza, mu'jiza is something that appears at the hand of somebody who is a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. And a karamat is somebody who is a pious person, and but he is not a Nabi, so this is a karamat. It now might appear that this is something very difficult to then make, a, if a person falsely claims nubuwad, and then shows something supernatural, so this is something that has been established, that any person who made any false claim of nubuwad, whoever it was, it was impossible for him to show anything supernatural. That was something impossible, it never happened. So, this aspect of karamat, these some things that happen sometimes supernaturally, sometimes it happens due to the person's piety, but it's not in his control. It happens only and when Allah Ta'ala wills it, by the permission of Allah Ta'ala, and when Allah Ta'ala wills, it will happen. It is totally out of his personal control. The other thing is, that these supernatural things are not necessarily always due to piety. Sometimes these kind of abilities can be acquired through certain exercises. And why this is extremely important to bear in mind, that number one, anything supernatural for that matter, this itself is no means of gaining any closeness to Allah Ta'ala. Even if the person out of piety was given something, that doesn't make him any closer to Allah Ta'ala. What makes him closer to Allah Ta'ala is ittiba'i sunnat. Following the sunnah of Rasulullah Wasallam, this is the karamat. This is the greatest karamat. And as far as these supernatural things are concerned, sometimes people acquire this through various exercises. Now, these are very elaborate things and for months on end they undertake some kind of exercises and so on. Even people devoid of Iman can sometimes acquire these kind of things. And that is how they go about then confusing people and deceiving people that if this person can do these kind of things then he must be somebody. There must be something to it. And in that manner they actually rob people of their Iman. Whereas that is sometimes the person is devoid of Iman himself. So these are not things to ever become fascinated about. The thing to become fascinated about is ittiba'i sunnat. And that is what takes a person towards Allah wa ta'ala. Not all these things. Allah ta'ala give us tawfiq. Subhanallah. Alhamdulillah. Subhanallah.